Welcome back to Top 5 Disco. I'm Josh. And I'm Adam. And we are back delving deeper into the discography of Weezer. Before we begin, if you're a fan of the show, please take a second to subscribe and rate the podcast. We love to keep Top 5 Disco going and growing, and your support and engagement will help make that happen. Last week, we introduced the band, talked about their early history and formation, and explored their classic self-titled debut, The Blue Album. This week, we're going to talk about their dark, heavy, and emotional sophomore album, Pinkerton. Here we go. Okay, so after Blue Album came out, became a huge hit. Uh, they toured on that for about a year. They took a break uh, from touring in 94 for the holidays. Uh, Rivers went home Holiday. to Connecticut. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and he started uh, writing new demos. He actually started writing a space-themed rock opera called Songs from the Black Hole, which is just, where do you go from your debut? You start writing a space rock opera? What? Yeah. It's crazy. And he, he enrolled in Harvard University, which is crazy, to study classical composition. Love that. And it shows. Oh, yes. Oh, it shows. Uh, okay, so Songs of the Black Hole, we don't need to talk about fully because it was never fully released. But um, there are demos that are, that are out on the internet and also he released in sort of his alone solo demo albums. Some of this stuff is fucking awesome. So cool. Most of the songs didn't end up making Pinkerton, but uh, you can very clearly already hear, besides sort of the ambition behind a rock opera, strange lyricism, progression, much darker, visceral, very exposed and intimate songwriting, even oh, yeah. on Black Hole, before we get to Pinkerton. Uh Unfortunately, a lot of those songs were all scrapped. I think he had problems during the writing process. He was on painkillers. He didn't like the songs. He thought the album was just not going to work out. So he, we actually, in terms of painkillers, so Rivers was born with one leg shorter right. than the other. So he had this intensive uh, cor corrective yeah. surgery, which left him immobile for a while, which I think really changed the songwriting. It really, I mean, he just got darker. Also, I think after... Insular, yeah. Yeah, after shows, even during their tour, he would listen to Madame Butterfly, the opera, every night, and he was just, he fell in love with the depth of the emotion and tragedy, and that also shows, also, Pinkerton is a character from Madame Butterfly. Right. There's so much influence there on this it's record. The East meets West is what he said. It's sort of his Hindu Zen... We didn't talk about this. We don't really need to talk about this. Rivers grew up on an ashram in mm -hmm. Connecticut and sort of has this sort of Zen spirituality upbringing, but then combined with his love of heavy metal Americana, yeah. like Kiss wanting to be a rock star. And I think Blue Album and touring and becoming so famous overnight really took kind of a toll on him. Oh, yeah. And, oh, man, so... so Again, during the time, the other band members started working on different side projects. Matt Sharp with the Rentals, uh, Brian Bell with the Space Twins, and Pat uh, with the Special Goodness. So the band is still doing stuff. It's crazy. This is only in a year. Yeah. They just released like this amazing album. They're like, eh, let's do some side projects. Yeah. Let's form some bands while Rivers is getting an education. Um, <laughs> okay, so... The sound of Pinkerton, first of all, self-produced, which is what they originally wanted for Blue. I think it's a very cool choice to self-produce on your second album. It's yes. really what the band wanted to sound like. From the get-go. And to capture that live sound. I think Rivers' quote is saying, it was the best way to sound like ourselves on yeah. a record. Um, I, I read that they recorded all their vocals together around uh, a couple microphones yep. um, instead of overdubbing. Um this was actually recorded in three different sessions, both in New York City and Van Nuys in California. It was all between his terms at right, Harvard. Right, which is crazy that he just went back to school while they're making this 
fucking yeah and so many of these songs are written while he's at harvard about girls that he sees at harvard about his feelings at harvard it's just interesting so before we get into what we think about it let's go go through the facts pinkerton came out uh, a couple years later september 24th of 1996 also on geffen uh like we said (sighs) self-produced this album i mentioned it before is a masterpiece. I don't even think you mentioned this was the album. Oh, no. This is, to me, this is a 10 out of 10. This is one of my favorite top 10, top 5, top 3, maybe, favorite albums of all time. This was an album that for the longest time, both Pinkerton and Yankee Hotel Foxtrot were these two albums that you were like, you, how have you not listened to these albums wow. yet? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and I listened to Pinkerton when I was doing that deep dive, however many years ago that was five years ago or something like that and it it totally it did not disappoint at all it's amazing it it is a masterpiece i mean do you consider masterpiece has to be 10 out of 10 because i don't even agree that it's 10 out of 10 for me interesting okay i just feel like even the incredible the the weaker quote unquote lesser songs i need every song Mm. i need every song to complete this album i love how every song goes into each other this was out of every band album we've ever done on this show the hardest ranking i absolutely hate my list because it doesn't feel right with the other songs not in there and yeah. i can't figure out a way to make it work and i yeah. i just don't like it we'll get into that in a second <laughs> but to talk a little bit more about pinkerton this is about the loneliness despair sort of dysfunction his frustration with himself with his fans with his sex life yeah becoming a rock star quote unquote um it's just a very heartfelt confessional album about how he's feeling and not all of that is pretty like a lot of it's kind of nasty and like sonically and lyrically that's a great point it's just I this is such a great move from blue blue is an unbelievable perfect in many respects debut and this is just like the band let loose yeah let loose musically let loose lyrically and the production the production rick is, really yeah. what's interesting is i remember hearing this very short snippet from an interview of someone who like heard a little bit of pinkerton and was like hey man what happened like pinkerton sounds so like sloppy and whatnot and the blue is like so tight what's interesting is when i hear oh, I when i hear interview. when i hear blue it's like it's tighter than pinkerton but it still feels like sloppy in a good way. It still feels live and raw. Right. It's less. It's less uh, technically sloppy and more just allowing feedback and grit and rawness into yeah. the, into the recording. And yeah, this just completely says fuck it to all of that. It's it's really just him bearing them all of them just bearing their musical souls. Him bearing his lyrical emotional soul, and the world was not ready for it. I. The world turned and left them, basically. I mean, this this breaks my fucking heart. Me too, because it defines the trajectory of Weezer. Yes, that's a good point that we need to talk about. And it feels weird to talk about it before we talk about the album, but this album came out. Rolling Stone called it like the second worst album of the year. And then everyone hated this. This was in 1996. They ranked it. I think third worst of 1996. And then in 2002, Rolling Stone ranked it 16th greatest album of all time. Fuck you. Look what you, like, we haven't even talked about what you did to Rivers, what you did to the band. We don't, this is going to be kind of a weird statement, but we don't deserve the band Weezer could have been. Because, because the public backlash 
from this album and I don't I don't I don't even get it. I don't get it. To me it's like what what were they looking for? Another Buddy Holly? It was just so to me it is so intimate and personal. It makes everything better. The orchestrations are better. The guitar solos are better. The songwriting is but that's better. The thing. Better, better. People realized it eventually. I don't understand why in the moment it didn't work for them. But what sucks so bad is that it really affected them. It really affected Rivers on a very deep personal level. Can you imagine putting out your soul, making this unbelievable album, and then just everyone hating it? I have some quotes I need to read yeah. from Rivers about this, which this will be hard to hear. <laughs> this has been a tough year. It's not just that the world has said Pinkerton isn't worth a shit, but that Blue Album wasn't either. It was a fluke. It was the Buddy Holly vi video. I'm a shitty songwriter. It's a hideous record. It was such a hugely painful mistake that happened in front of hundreds of thousands oh of people and continues Rivers. to happen on a grander and grander scale and just won't go away. It's like getting really drunk at a party and spilling your guts in front of everyone and feeling incredibly great and cathartic and then waking up the next morning and realizing what a complete fool you made of yourself. This, just hearing that is... Because, yeah, we'll talk about Green, the next album that comes out, which is, he just took everything away. He took everything away. The incredible, intricate, compositional songwriting, the the feel, the live feel of the band, everything the production. was gone. They just, he put himself out there. He really put himself out there. And this is what, I can't believe it. He I can't said, believe it. The most painful thing in my life these days is the cult around Pinkerton. And this is after, during the hiatus between, you know, there's like f five or six years. How much? Do you five. Know? Yep. Five years between Pinkerton and Green. During that hiatus, Pinkerton got love. They understood it during the time between albums. What is interesting about Weezer, let me just interject for a second, is that Weezer started, like, became a band and started growing as a band during the internet age. And what's important about that, and we will talk about come mm. pork and beans and just sort of the memification of Weezer in the later era, but the internet was starting to bubble up between Blue, Pinkerton, and Green. And even though the public, I'm talking public radio, mainstream music critics were hating this album and shitting all over it, the the underbelly and this, this sort of cult community that came together on the internet were like, fuck, this album is good. That's such a good point. Yeah. I don't think I really, I put two and two together. That it was happening during right. There were you could you could actually communicate with other people who, who were, were feeling the same way, emotional and provocative and relatable. And it sounds like you were just about to say he called yeah. it a sick. He's like, it's just a sick album, sick in a diseased sort of way. It's such a source of anxiety because all the fans we have right now have stuck around. This is like around Green Album time. Have stuck around because of that album, but honestly, I never want to play those songs again. I never want to hear them again. He was so, and I get it. I mean, this is, but this is Rivers. This is who he is as a person. Like, no one can fault him for that. He was so crushed about this because this was everything to him. He was going through such a hard time. And such a creative, uh, amazing, uh, I'm not gonna say renaissance. There's just this moment where we will talk about the amount of great outtakes and B-sides oh and songs from the Black Hole songs that came out oh of these my God, couple years so sessions sad. are are his best songwriting. Best. Bar none, his best songwriting came out of this era, and he was just told, "Fuck off, we don't want to hear this." And there's no way, and even nowadays in 2015, finally Rivers, I think, well, in 2010 they went on the Memories tour, right. to play Blue and Pinkerton. I can't believe I missed those shows. I know. Um, and he basically said that hearing all the fans exactly. sing every word to Pinkerton sort of 
gave new life to it, made him reappreciate it yes. and, and fall back in love with his record. Yes, absolutely. It is to me a little sad that he takes things so personally. Like part of me wishes he was well, just an artist who didn't give a fuck. Well, that's what I'm, but, but I, but I get it, it. But if he, if he was that person, the songwriter would be different. It just would be. You know what I mean? You're absolutely Pickerton right. Pickerton would be different if he was that type of person. Right. So you had to have one with the other. Yeah. And it, it's, it is so sad. It is so sad. I, I can't just, say it I enough. I just talked about how uh, Blue Album was such an inspirational um, cultural moment and sort of an, uh, a record that people look up to and, and, and try to emulate. Pinkerton yeah. started this new wave of emo bands. Like People really took to the emotional, captivating songwriting. I'm talking like these newer bands like Jimmy Eat World, Motion City Soundtrack. Yeah. You can hear all over it. You can also hear it in the Moog and the synth. Absolutely. Okay, one of our new favorites... Uh, Jeff Rosenstock. Oh yeah. When I hear Jeff Rosenstock's music, all I think about is like this man loves Pinkerton as much as I do. <laughs> like it is so obvious to me that he is so indebted and in love with that sound and that emotional songwriting and mix of that emo punk pop punk songwriting. Ah, I just I just love it. Okay, let's talk about Pinkerton. Our top five. My turn to start. Go ahead. Again, I preface this. I hate my list so much. I'm gonna hate your eyes and expressions when I write. <laughs> I know, no, because I agree with you. Because I honestly, unless there are a couple songs, just like Blue, there were two songs I know weren't gonna make it. But these eight could be swapped and swipped all around. I, I just, oh, there were two that you knew weren't gonna yeah, make. It? Okay, there I, were two. They're probably the same ones. Okay, okay. My number five pick is the opener, "Tired of Sex." My number five pick is the opener, nice. Tired of Sex. We're going to have the same list. No, maybe not. Mm. <laughs> okay, my number four pick is No Other One. I am so happy you put that on your list, and I'm so crushed I didn't. Oh! Oh, I just gave that me? away. Oh, shit. Why did <laughs> I, I do that? I thought that was going to be so hard for you. <laughs> my number four is Butterfly. Okay. My number three is Falling for You. My number three is The Good Life. Awesome. My number two is El Scorcho. My number two is El Scorcho. I wonder if we have the same number one. We got My it. number one is Across the Sea. My number one is Across yes. the Sea. I'm heartbroken that I had to leave Butterfly and Good Life off this, this ranking, especially Pink Triangle. I also absolutely love, but I Butterfly knew. and Good Life, I cannot believe I didn't put these songs on my top five. Like... Butterfly is one of the most beautiful songs he's ever written. And The Good Life is such a great single. It's such a great pop rock masterpiece. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm so glad I did... no other one was number that... four for you. Oh, yeah. That... that song for a while for me has been, and maybe you knew that. Is that why you thought it would be higher on my list? I always knew that as a you song. Almost like I didn't love it as much as you did. Yeah. It was between that and Tired of Sex for number five. And I guess we'll discuss why I chose that, but... Wow, this album, oh my God. I These songs are some of the best songs ever written and put to record. Wow. Let's uh, let's talk about it. Let's. Okay, so what better way to start off talking about Pinkerton by talking about our collective number five pick, the opening song, Tired of Sex.
immediately we are introduced to the new sound of Weezer. And I hearken this back to, again, Counting Crows. We were talking about... Oh, yeah, Recovering the Satellites. Recovering the Satellites. You hear Catapult. You hear Angel, Angels of the Silences. And you're like, what? You just heard August and Everything After. This is like, it's not as different, but still... Going from Buddy Holly to Tired of Sex, from every standpoint, lyrically, musically, the production, this, this is, is just so visceral. Visceral is the perfect word. Darker, heavier, grittier, more distortion, like more feedback and oh, yeah. squeaks, and there's that synth in the background. It's a much rougher mix. The drum sounds are much oh. like bigger and crunchier. Crunchier They're is not the as perfect tight. word. Just that ambient distortion is a through line through yeah. this album that just fills the spaces and gap. Whereas Blue Album, you can hear pauses and gaps more. Yeah. Here, there's just always this undercurrent of bubbling. Live sound. Yeah, of just like guitar amp feedback. Huge synth. You know, we were talking about Buddy Holly has that uh, has that synth. And that uh, Songs from the Black Hole, Songs of the Black Hole, also made heavy use of synth. And what's interesting is I think for the most part, the track list of Pinkerton oh, I read this. is in order of how they he tracked wrote. it or how he, oh, wrote how he wrote it. Oh, maybe he's wrote it. Okay. Yeah. So what's interesting is I think after Get You, which is the second song on this album, you start to lose the synth. I don't even know if it's actually present on other songs, which That's is interesting because it is there yeah. on a lot of the B-sides. But again, it had to do with, you know, take, I don't know if these were closest to Songs of the Black Hole, Tired of Sex, and Get You, or something like that. But something happened. Well, Tired of Sex was part of Songs of the Black okay. Hole. Okay. And I think Get You actually was as well. So it was Get You, yeah. So there we go. So something, you can see sort of the, and why bother? the transition into Pinkerton from Songs of the Black Hole. But anyway, Tired of Sex. Just a wall of distortion and squeaks. And think about hearing this as a critic a music critic after everything else you're like oh yeah you're tired of sex you know yeah you're a big rock star it's like a good point i'm, it's I'm a good trying point. to like put myself in their shoes as to what was so that it's like a whiny album yeah and it's like it's one of those things where i feel like no one wants to hear you whine about being a rock star and having and yet again sex. i'll harken yeah. it back to counting crows like same thing recovering the satellites was all about Picking himself up after... But if you're a songwriter, you sing about what you know, yeah. and this is what was happening to him. Or again, you think, sing about what you know until the public hates when you sing about it, and right. then you sing about nothing. And the song is also not just like, oh, I'm so tired of having sex. This is like, I'm tired of having meaningless sex. I right. want to I wanna have Make like love a true. real... Yeah. yeah. And I guess we're already talking about it. I love that lyrical... Monday night, I'm making Jen. Tuesday night, I'm making Lynn. Wednesday night, I'm making Catherine. Why can't I be making love come true? I'm making love, but why can't I be making love come true? I think for a lot of people, so that's good. also a very relatable lyric. Yeah. In your 20s, 30s, and so on, if you're just not finding the connection you need and just having physical physicality with people, I don't know. I love it. I think it's a great opener. The Such drums a good opener. are way up in the mix which i loved mm -hmm. i think to me more than blue they're, they're louder and oh absolutely you, you said they're crunchier but i think they're actually louder they are bigger yeah and i, and I love that great bass riff oh, matt. started off yes. i know fucking matt oh my god another just like instantly classic simple but great riff that just gets and another riff in that the skull. whole band picks up the right, second time right, around like when rivers gets a little more emotive that's a good point i love he is so emotive on on this album on this song i'm tired you know he's like he's actually you just you you feel it and you then feel he'll feel it with what he's singing can I? and then he'll just ah! 
Yes. That's a terrible scream. But he, he does it. He just erupts in this cacophony of sound. He just sounds so pained and yes. intense. I love that the chorus is a build. Mm. The chorus isn't just like a beat. It's like, except for the end when it's tonight, I'm down on my knees. This Oof, is just a Monday night. I'm, and the chords, it's like, it's so well crafted. I, I love that. Weezer has great guitar solos scattered oh, throughout man. their discography, but you need to hear this guitar solo. And when it just comes, just like screeching and swelling all over the place, and then those bass slides, and then like that breakdown we were talking about, it's just a perfect climax. And this is the opener. Like, this is just like, holy shit. I know. What a band. And that, why can't I be making love come true? That note. True. And you think it's just going to end there. And then you got a little mat. Black, black, Gaga halftime, which I don't usually love halftime. Usually, I've talked about I this. Say, I thought you usually hate when they do that. It has it. it it's a case by case basis. <laughs> okay, fair enough. And it's like the type of halftime beat. But anyway, tired of sex. Amazing opener to amazing album. Listen to it. Okay, next we're going to talk about my number four pick, the quote unquote ballad of the album, No Other One. She's got a tattoo. I said that this was fighting for the number five spot, but again, these are all, except for my top two, and I guess your top two as well, I knew Across the Sea and El Scorcho were just like perfect, yep. and everything else was sort of flipping between one another. This song, I remember when I first was getting into Pinkerton, maybe we were talking about it, and I was just like, there is something about this song that just gets me, even though compared to a lot of the songs on this record, it's a little more simple. It's it's a little slighter. Yeah, it's a little more. But, but, but the back melody, to their the melody of... is so good. Oh my god! Yes. There's also still. It starts with the. Oh my god! That interlude part. Don't even get like me started. Squeaking. Uh, it sounds sung falsetto over the squealing guitar. Just sounds. To me, it's Weezer. It's just it's so Weezer, Weezer, but there's also something about it. it's like got this uh, uh, oh uh, this propulsive energy and it to feels it, yeah. like drunk. There's something drunk about it, which I love. It just feels oh, kind of debaucherous. That's a great point. I love Matt's falsetto backgrounds all over this song. Yes. It's She's so good. There's also beautiful guitar twinkling noodling, which we both love. Love during the verses, especially in the later verses. It's just. It's just so good. And again, talk about contrast. Going from this very sweetly sung verse to just this dramatic, almost operatic. No, there yeah. is no other one. <laughs> I love the lyric. It's so simple, but all the drugs she does scare me real good. Not even She's just got that a tattoo lyric. and two pet snakes. I love that. Me too. Just intimidated by 
cool women. Something about the way he sings that too. And also there's this nice guitar noodling during the entire oh, yeah. part. I just love his scare me real good. And then the guitar is... Yes. Oh, man. The guitar is mirroring his melodies a bit. And I, I love when they do that. We were saying that Rivers studied classical composition at Harvard. There are so many key changes in this album. Oh, there's there's so one coming many. later. Oh, man. But this bridge, just the... Oh, 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 oh man, that bridge. But my, my favorite part of this song is the final interlude. Starting with Matt's, and then this is the first time that all of them are singing. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's like, oh my god! It just—that was the part about this song that I think was the reason I needed this, even though it wasn't to be on my list. I was trying so hard, and the reason this song what, always what it at, what, uh, beat stuck it with was me. number five for you. Tired of sex. Oh yeah. Just, <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know what it is about that part. It is so it gives me it's not even chills it's just like uh, it hits me inside i'll keep using these words these songs feel so earnest and yearning and like yearnest uh, man yearnest exactly <laughs> these pinkerton is yearnest that's that's exactly how i feel it's just like clench your chest and your heart we made up music. that word by the way i mean that's why people <laughs> that's why people <laughs> Look at this album as a quote unquote emo album. It's that sort of really impassioned right, yearning. Emo, short for emotional. emotional. Yeah. <laughs> what a song. Oh man. Okay, next let's talk about Adam's number four pick. I'm devastated I couldn't include this. The closing track on the album, Butterfly. She had withered all away. No more sign in her breast. I'm sorry for what I did. I did what my body told me to I didn't mean to do you harm Every time I pin down what I think I want It slips away Talk about contrast. How do you Where did the have song come from? nine songs that are just ripping and then shredding? You have just rivers and a guitar and it is the most beautiful closer ever i needed to put this song again i could have put other ones on i needed to showcase this song because it's so special on every level chord wise especially when he gets to the chorus it's so well written his melodies are like insane this song is so well written that to me it overcomes what i've talked about before a cliche of like having the slower, soft acoustic song as the closer. Yeah. This maybe this started. I mean, it didn't. But this overcomes that because every melody is great. It's so endearing. It's such a great emotional vocal performance. His voice oh on God. this song is beautiful. The lyrics. Yesterday I went outside with my mama's mason jar, caught a lovely butterfly. When I woke up today, looked in on my fairy pet. She had withered all away, no more sighing in her breast. I'm sorry for what I did. I did what my body told me to. I didn't mean to do your harm, to do you harm. But every time I pin down what I think I want, it slips away. That, that line especially, every time I pin down what I think I want, it slips away. 
is is perfect. Oh my it's God. perfect. That that analogy of a butterfly that people will pin to boards and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, the idea that, that I, saw I saw something beautiful. beautiful. I tried to catch it and that ended up killing it. The relationship, whatever it is, like whatever he's actually, whatever point he's trying to make, it it it, just, it resonates. It, yeah, it, it hits resonates, home. and it's a great analogy. It, it's it's such a stunning closer, and it is kind of this breath of fresh fresh air after hearing such an intense melodically and musically album it just had this very sparse just you mentioned rivers. just rivers but there is sort of a percussion that comes in is that the guitar that he's hitting no, or is that that is carl coach or <laughs> however you pronounce his name on like some sort of drum okay it doesn't you don't really need it but anyway it doesn't matter i like it fun fun weezer fact this is the weezer historian on oh, the drum oh also again i don't know madame but madama butterfly but uh, isn't uh, Butterfly the name of who yes. Pinkerton falls in love with? Like, So it's this... we'll talk about El Scorcho. Chocho San, Chocho San yeah. is Butterfly. They're the same person, okay. the same character. And Pinkerton, the name of the record, is this American soldier who comes to Japan and marries Butterfly. Again, there's so many themes of that tied into this. He considers like him, him the like asshole American right. soldier being kind of like this rock star. And coming to terms with what he's doing, I guess, to other people. And he recognizes his attraction to Japanese oh, yeah. and Eastern and cultures, And he is now too. married to... Right, Kyoto. Yes. Yeah. It's anyway. The, the motif, but yeah. I love the fact that he goes to Harvard, studies classical composition, is obsessed with his opera, and brings those two very different genres into... 90s alt rock like that combination made this album so interesting and special what a beautiful closer to this album okay next we're going to talk about my number three pick for pinkerton falling for you This has always been one of my favorite oh, I know. songs. I knew you knew, but this has not been one of yours. No, and I can recognize that it's amazing, but for some reason, is it the chorus? Maybe, <laughs> but there's actually something about the chorus which I find again. Talk about classical composition. Something about the chords in the chorus of specifically "I'm falling for you," the mean, mean, uh-huh. whatever chord progression he does. I don't, I don't know why this song never, ever rose to the top. Oh, man. Oh, man. That drum swing, that gu- guitar wall. Uh, the, the melody of the verses and the lyrics got a number of irrational fears I would like to share with you. That is so quintessential Rivers, Weezer, just an insecure person yes. talking. I, I love that. Also, the lyric, holy cow, I think I've got one here. Now just what am I supposed to do? We just talked about Butterfly. It's the perfect sort of, oh, I caught one. Now what do I do in life? Like, I don't I don't know what I'm doing in these relationships. I think this is a song that definitely the lyrics put it over the edge for me. Because like, Interesting. even something as small as you say like too much. Yes. What other I song know. in the history of music has mentioned that concept of someone saying like too much and having yeah. that be kind of a quirk that annoys you? Yes. But then he'll talk about i'm shaking at your touch i like you way too much right you say like too much i like you way too much great great wordplay oh i I just everything about this song speaks to me musically lyrically okay i know i'm sort of jumping ahead but jump chill inducing 
pre-bridge and then bridge and then Rivers has said this is one of his proudest musical accomplishments ever. One of my favorite Weezer lyrics, lyrics in music of all time, is what could you possibly see in little three-chord me? That, I just got chills saying it. I know. Is the best lyric. Well, because let me let me give lyric. the whole context, because it's, holy sweet goddamn, you left your cello in the basement. I admired the glowing stars and tried to play a tune. I can't believe how bad I suck. It's true. What could you possibly see in little old three-chord me? The idea of, like, I am so in awe of you. What am I? Like, I'm just a rock star. You're playing this incredible music on the cello. I just love that sort of... I told you already one of my favorite lyrics was in the garage. Yeah. You know, I, I play this guitar. I write these stupid words, and I love everyone. It's very similar. It's sort yes. of this self-deprecating but still in love with the music that you make, but recognizing you're insecure about it, that it just so speaks to me. Well, I, also, I do love I do love that uh, self-aware kind of, this other music that I'm so in love with is so amazing and complex, and how do you do that? I'm just playing three chords on a guitar. Well, and now how he's am not, I, not anymore, oh, yeah. but, but that's a good point. But how he's am trying I to incorporate just like that. this big shot, and like you, you're not that. Like, it's just an interesting just sort of- Just how like classical music, jazz, are not really popular yes. genres enough to yeah. make people superstars these days. That's a good, really good point. Yeah, I love the part where he goes, I'm ready, let's do it, baby. Because it's so screechy. Oh, the guitar Usually squeaks. in those breaks, is you've got that, and this one is just like- I love the final, baby, I'm afraid I'm falling for you. Yeah. That octave, little octave change. Again, I said it before, the chords on this song are so well done, especially in the chorus. It's just, he like goes out of the key for a sec. It's so interesting. You got to listen to this song and appreciate the songwriting. Okay, next, let's talk about Adam's number three pick, the second single, The Good Life. I'm a pig, I'm a dog. Excuse me if I draw. You out there can't see it, but right now I'm wearing a t-shirt that I made with Sharpie uh, for a concert I went to uh, back in 2008. And on the back, I'll show you here. It says The Good Life. It literally says The I Good Life. At it. that time, it was my favorite Weezer song, okay? Or one of. Or maybe I just thought of looking at a t-shirt. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm so disappointed with myself that I couldn't include this because this is such a great single, such a great song. Such a great song. Yeah, Immediately it, catchy. Yeah. This song is about Rivers having kind of like a re- Juvenation of confidence after having this like identity crisis going back to school in his late 20s back to Harvard he became like this hermit and he had this like dream of being an intellectual he's he's studying classical composition but again he's still a little nerdy Weezer uh Weezer little old, <laughs> <laughs> well, listen Weezer like a nickname for him at one point I don't know I actually don't know uh, he's just little old Rivers who like can't get that perfect woman he has this ideal woman and again it's about and you can hear it in the music that it's sort of this like more swagger back to the good life yeah yeah 
The broken, beaten down, can't even get around without an old man cane. I fall and hit the ground, shivering in the cold, bitter and alone. It's so dark, but it's so obvious, like... Again, I was talking about how he had this surgery on his legs and he literally was like bedridden for I don't know how long. And then he had to walk with a cane. He's just like trying to get back to what life was before that. Yeah, exactly. Great melody over the chords. When I look in the mirror, can't believe what I see. And again, that chord on what I see. And then I love that the chords go twice as fast on broken, beaten down, crash. Those and the falling melodies in these chorus is so good. I don't want to be an old man anymore. It's been a year or two since I was out on the, the bass floor. The bass there. It's just, it is a great single, but aside from just it being a single, it's just such a good song. And when, I love when that. I introduce, <laughs> when I introduce something as a great single, it's me... What we talked about earlier is like, oh, this is a great pick because it's such a solid, perfect song to to send out there. I'm not saying that in a sort of a negative way. For sure. The thing is that I'm, I'm, I'm even looking at this song and I'm like, this was number three on my list. Why was it number three? And the reason it was number three is because of this middle section bridge solo, whatever you want to call it. Just, oh my God. So much cool shit happening here. I can't. They can't are possibly start they to describe it. They are fucking it. killing it during the solo. Pat is is if you can shred drums. Whenever he's shredding the drums in the dozens and dozens of times, maybe hundred times. And that I've listened to this even in the last few months. That part was like this needs to be on my list because that part because that part. That's what I'm saying. Is everything that Weezer is and could be. It's like but like going from that. Rocking solo to slowing down perfectly oh, as a band with that slide guitar twinkling comes in. Glockenspiel, oh, exactly. whatever it is. Yes, that's Ooh. what it is. And like, also, you don't hear slide a lot, but he puts slide on a bunch of these songs. One of my favorite. One of my favorites too. There's something about the transition that is just one of the best recorded moments in music. Wow. Seriously, you, though, you, did you hear that, people? <laughs> Listen to the song going into that. I love Matt's bass work yes. toward the end of here. I don't regret putting this on my list. I think this really, that part I was just talking about, just you just listened to, edge, yeah. is just like, this is an amazing moment on this album and in music, and it, it had to be where it was. Okay, now we're going to start to get to the part of the list where Adam and I agree. We both picked for our number two spot the first single, El Scorcho. And you would keep my fingernails clean. But that's just a stupid dream that I won't realize Cause I can't even look in your eyes without shaking And I ain't faking I'll bring home the turkey if you bring home the bacon Weird pick for a first single. I said Good Life is a great single. This, I think, my theory is part of the reason why it didn't do well. Yeah, I agree. I think it's really weird and really quirky and ah, 
damn you have like he's literally starting this song sort of in a goofy way i, I don't find it goofy and silly i, I just he's doing sort of a he's there, more than any song on this album i think they're having so much fun on this yeah song. so they're much not fun. trying to be pretty at all no part of it's a great point they're really they're just expressing Another iconic, even if very simple, drum fill. Phil, if you want to call it, just scat. And iconic, that riff. Oh my God. Just like Say It Ain't So, this is probably one of my most played riffs ever. Just in terms of being with friends and jamming, it's such an easy, fun song to play along with. The guitar riff is so good. And it it sets the table for the entire song. And yes, you just sang, I love that guy. Damn you, half Japanese girls! Do it to me every time. I could I, sing this whole song. I for was you. just I gonna won't. say I love singing along to the song because every verse is just like different inflections and the I, lyrics are fascinatingly oh God. specific. God damn you, half Japanese girls! You do it to me every time. Oh, the redhead said you shred the cello, and I'm Jello, baby. Later but, in the song, <laughs> he says, "I asked you to go to the Green Day concert. Yes, you said you never heard of them." How how cool, cool is that? that? <laughs> like, what? This song is so... How cool is this song? So I went to your room and read your diary, watching grunge leg drop New Jack through a press table, and then my heart stopped, listening to Cho Cho San fall in love all over again. Like, what? It's so good. And I also still love that on every song, not every song, but so many songs, he just pulls out, he talks about cello, which he talked about in Falling For You, Cho Cho San, which is obviously Butterfly, it's related to the whole Pinkerton. album. It's Butterfly. all going... Ugh. And the choruses are so anthemic, gang. I love it. But for some reason, compared to the other ones on this album, they hit me more. Maybe it's because literally they go higher. I don't know what it is. The The riff comes back on electric. Right, exactly, just, exactly. I love that. It's, oh man. And the bridge of this song. Oh, talk about going punk. <laughs> So incredibly punk rock. And in the, what, 10 albums since this, they have never gone back to this sound. The closest they come, the bridge of Mexican Fender, randomly. Yeah, that's you know actually I mean? a good point. Yeah. Yeah, wow. On an album that <laughs> you'd never expect punk to be anywhere near. Uh, the slowdown at the end where it's... Da, 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 you know what I mean? Yes. And then... I love that they reference "I'm falling for you." Yes, like there's these, there's these great little lyrical motifs that run through these songs. Such a great falling. How stupid is it? I can't talk about it. I gotta sing about it and make a record of like great melody. And then yeah, it goes back into regular time after the double time. For all I know, you want me to, and maybe you just don't know what to do, or maybe you're scared to say I'm falling for you. Love that. But I love that. I love looking the- at it from another. <laughs> do you know that? Brian is playing that solo. Oh, cool. And he rarely, because again, Rivers is the lead guitar player. 
There's, I forgot the other one. Maybe I'll get to it. But Brian plays this solo, and I love that falsetto. Just kind of it happens a few other times in the discography, but yes. but having that falsetto over the squealing guitar is in, such in a the great garage. Sound. Also yes, has yes, that. Exactly. Yes, I love that. And again, Josh was saying they're just having fun. There's so much just talking, and this reminds me a little bit weirdly of hanging around from Counting Crows, like yeah. just sort of having that ambient talking party. Everyone's screaming and ad living live. Oh man, another great Pat fill right at the end. Yeah. Uh, One of the best moments is, and that's just a stupid dream that I won't realize because I can't even look in your eyes without shaking. Like, what? Oh, my God. The song keeps on giving. It is just one of their fucking best songs ever. I'm like an idiot right now because it really is. It really is an encapsulation. And you said it perfectly at the beginning, sort of not caring about the appearance. It's just sort of having fun and letting it out and being a little goofy, but and still clearly emotional. they didn't care in terms of like they want they wanted this to be a single and i'm so glad they did but at the same time so sad that because i agree i think there was something about this single that people didn't jive with yeah because it's it's not the heavy crunchy quote-unquote serious weezer of say it ain't so and undone you know buddy holly's a little goofier but but you say undone serious is that what you mean undone to me if anything actually it's Melod- interesting. melodically because if undone, you want to destroy, you're right. Lyric sweater undone, song. Well, I just mean like it also feels like that live kind of party. This is almost its cousin, Weird. and for some reason it didn't it didn't, didn't hit people as much know. as undone did. But wow, El Scorcho, just like oh, oof, oof. And finally, what topped both of our lists? We both agree that the number one song on Pinkerton is Across the Sea. song very special special song in my life and just in the world of music i feel like songs like this don't exist that often the concept this this song was written and was inspired by a letter that rivers got from a japanese fan and he sort of became infatuated with this long distance uh fan attraction that he had with this fan he'd never met and in this song he's sort of exploring how he feels weird about those feelings and this is such an honest portrayal human is the perfect word i think some people look back on this song a little not jaded but just like as a really nasty kind of weird creepy song i do not see it that way i see it as someone beautiful thing about this album is that he is trying to just basically everyone every single person on this earth i'm not saying that these are impure thoughts and that also sounds very like religious but like people have those thoughts they just maybe don't express it and put it on record but that's what he's he's like trying to figure it out exactly and we are listening to a man figuring out his feelings i love that yeah me too it's it, it it puts it i mean the music itself we'll talk about is beautiful but lyrically i just i don't hear many songs like this that tackle such an interesting sort of back and forth in one's mind about falling for someone you don't know and feeling this weird attraction and not knowing what to do with it and knowing it's weird, but but talking about it. Like you said, people don't talk about this stuff anymore. Yeah, it actually, it really sounds like throughout the song, he is trying to figure it out himself. 
The song starts off with what you rarely hear, this beautiful piano melody and this like, flute? yeah, this yeah. some sort of Asian sounding flute. Obviously, we're talking about this uh, fan from across, across the sea, literally. Yeah. So I think they're trying to get that vibe. And then, of course, here's Weezer. You got that grungy <clears throat> chord. And then I think one of their best melodies. This song starts off really stripped back and it really works with the song and the sentimentality of it. Maybe I talk about contrast too much. Please. But continue. contrasting, again, this gang vocal chorus. Why are you so far away from me? With that just beautifully constructed, they don't make stationary like this where I'm from, so fragile. So it's just like all over the place. It dances and it hits the perfect notes. It's just kind of, it's crazy. And lyrically... This is a lyrical goldmine. I just need to read some of these off to you. You are 18-year-old girl who live in small city of Japan. First of all, I just love that kind of broken English, broken English that he's yep. doing. You heard me on the radio about one year ago, and you're wanting to know all about me and my hobbies, my favorite food, and my birthday. They don't make stationery like this where I'm from, so fragile, so refined. So I sniff and I lick your envelope and fall to little pieces every time. I wonder what clothes you wear to school. I wonder how you decorate your room. I wonder how you touch yourself and curse myself for being a across the sea wow and wow. later he says i knew it would be wrong like he knows that yes. this is this weird feeling he's having the solo goes all over the place quarterly and talk about key changes and whatnot like i don't what is happening i don't know but another great transition like good life and you get this soft and somber at 10 i shaved my head and tried to be a monk and then that build. Pat's best fill. Whoa. <laughs> I love so that. Good. God damn, man. God damn. This song. Pat kills this whole song. This whole I record. Think, I think this is, it's funny, you said his best. Uh, best Phil I think some of his best drumming of all time is the whole song like I think he's just beautifully done as all soon over the as place. that third verse comes in he is whacking the shit out of that snare drum and another I, the basically the lyrics of these verses are just amazing you send me your love from all around the world as if I could live on words and dreams and a million screams oh how I need a hand in mine to feel like I need I need someone I I, I don't care about this shouted why are you so far away? yes perfect Oh, and I love in the second half of those choruses, the beat change from like just a regular rock beat to kind of like swung jazzy. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. The song keeps on giving and 
it's a it's a masterpiece. The album's a masterpiece. This song this is, the is, is the masterpiece. I on knew this masterpiece. that this would be my number one. The other ones were flipping, but but this was El Scorcho for a while was, was number actually one. number one across the sea. I think the first time I got into this album was like, what the fuck? This song is incredible. And El Scorcho, there's some, again. I knew these two would be there, and they were flipping. Whatever, it doesn't even matter. They're both in incredible songs off this album. All right, now that Adam and I have talked through our top five picks for Pinkerton, let's just briefly talk about the other songs in the album we didn't get to. So we talked about the opener, Tired of Sex, which goes right into the second song, Get You, which Get You and Why Bother, I think we both feel similarly great songs, but to me, n- not the best. I you guess that's I mean? why I mean, like when you were saying 10 out of 10, I was like... They need to be there, though. To me, Get You needs to happen right after Tired of Sex. It is so... They have so many good B-sides off this album that I could have replaced Get You with. Get You is a good song. It's a good song. I just so don't need it, and I usually do skip it. Really? Oh, yeah. It's very visceral, again, as a song, but there's something about... I love the energy and I love the emotion, but the writing itself never connected with me both quarterly and melodically. The best part to me is the actual, and again, it goes back to the visceral, just the get you, uh-huh, because the band is boom, 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 and I love that the whole band is doing everything, but besides that, it's like, I could take or leave this song. I think the verse melody is kind of effortless. I don't, I don't agree with that. Really? This is beginning to be serious. It used to be a game. Now it's a cry and shame. I I love it. I I think it works beautifully. I do love, I think it needs that one-two punch of rockers. That's another reason why I love Get You in that place. Get You! It's just, he's so angry in the beginning of this album from Tired of Sex to Get You. Again, I don't know what, how critics are listening to the album when they review an album, when they decide, you know, what to write for other people to agree or disagree with or whatever. But again, we already talked about Tired of Sex, which I think is an incredible song, but again, it's so different for them and visceral and the lyrics and whatnot. But then to go into Get You, again, for me, even as a listener, I don't want that to be the the second thing I hear on this record. You want like a no other one. I think the uh, my top three songs are the middle, are Across the Sea, El Scorcho, The Good Life. I feel like starting the record off this way is an interesting way to invite people in. But at the same time, I guess I like that they're showing you where this new abrasive band, this is what you're going to get. So I appreciate what they did just from a listener standpoint. That's a, good, that's a really good point I didn't think about. I think I just love so much distortion, messy, messy drums. It's very angsty. I like the slow down breakdown of that bridge. I still believe. Yeah. But and the, the out of it, the ding, 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 oh. Yeah, it's great. Oh, and the nice thing about this song that I like is at the very end, the this is beginning to us, whoa. And like the bass is slowly ascending. It's like, it's going, that songwriting wise does hit me, I guess, more than the rest of the song. Fair enough. After that, we already spoke about no other one. Then we get another short uh, little burst of energy. Why bother? Which I appreciate more than get you for okay. sure. But I guess maybe that makes sense because I think songwriting wise, it's a little more, I'm not even going to say catchy because I don't think I'm someone who needs it to be catchy, but there is something songwriting wise, which is a little more familiar and palatable. You, it's so, this is uh, back uh, to, honestly, I think on this album, the main like 50s kind of 60s Beach Boys yeah. song. Because I agree, it just it sounds Is like it that. Just sexual attraction. It sounds like that, Buddy but, Holly kind of. Yes, but sped up and 
a more like punky kind of version. I think Matt really shines on this song. He's got great, great walking bass lines. There's Pat's drumming everywhere. Another great guitar solo on this song. Yes. Yeah, I love in the chorus. This happened to me twice before with the harmony. It's so nice. Happens to me. Yes. It's just sexual attraction, not something real. So I'd rather keep whacking. Love that. Right back to uh, tired of sex, kind of. Yeah. And just, again, I appreciate when someone in a good way can talk can about reference masturbation. masturbation. Yeah, we totally. were talking about Counting Crows and right. <laughs> Splashing Passion. Not as good as this. <laughs> All right. After Why Bother, we just spoke about Adam was talking about that great, great middle section of Across the Sea, The Good Life, El Scorcho. Then we get Pink Triangle. There are a lot of songs. Maybe it's just these three, Pink Triangle, Falling for You, and Across the Sea, that start off in this very pretty way, and then they grunge it up. This like low note kind of chord bleeds in and it changes it from major to minor. And it that thing just gets me because the beginning is so like pretty and major. And then this, it's again showing you we're still here. You know, we're still Weezer. And it becomes this, when yeah. I stay belong I don't. Enough. How do I explain how much I love that? Just that like, offbeat kind of thing. It's like that offbeat slight held pause before the first drum beat. Even that is like such a an amazing little songwriting nugget that I love. I love the squealing guitar. The lyrics of when I'm stable long enough, I start to look around for love. See a suite in floral print. My mind begins the arrangements. This is so me. (laughs) It is so, not that I'm the only person in the world, clearly, who, you know, just see someone from across the room and then their mind spirals into like, Oh, what would marriage be like with that person? It's just like, I love that. My mind begins the arrangements, like the wedding arrangements or any of that stuff. So well done. I love the, when I start to feel that pull. Exactly, with the slide that goes with him. And the chorus is so interesting. And I love that he included in the chorus the line, I'm dumb, she's a lesbian. Because like, who does that? And it's so different. It's so quirky. It's so honest. It's so him. Another thing that I think, was this a single? I think it was maybe a promotional single or a. Or and radios didn't want to play this because they're talking. I mean, I don't know if maybe it would be different nowadays with how things well, are I in society, but they didn't want on, the word on lesbian going around. Well, all now the time. I don't think it would be played for a different reason because it's kind of like, why are you a lesbian? Which is silly because, again, this is sort of about yeah. him, you know, realizing that he fucked up and like he was, like you said, going off the rails and like picturing <laughs> marriage with someone and then realizing, oh, that's never going to happen. I love the lyric. Everyone's a little queer. Why can't you be a little straight? So good. That is such a good that it lyric. It is so good. I love the, first of all, he sounds so much like Billy Joe when he sings, oh, oh, we Green were Day. good as married in my mind. Oh, I can totally hear that now. in my mind is no yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I love that final pink triangle. Yes. Hits. Because they do like a soft, not soft, but a slowed down chorus. I also love that about these songs from the early uh, 90s era of Pinker, uh, Pinkerton, of Weezer, 
that they breathe and they warp time-wise. You know, we were talking about in our retrospective that's episode, a great point. Pine Grove, who's so good with that live and on record too. But that's something so special that really makes you... it. Brings you engaging, into the song exactly. It's yeah. very engaging. It makes it's it not background alive. music. You really have to listen and just sort of fall into these changes, dynamic changes, tempo changes, and appreciate that this is not unless there's some amazing click track that's slowing. They're not playing to a click. They're just playing together in a room, and you really can only do these types of things when you do that when you play together when you feed off of each other's energy and you really look at each other when you're slowing it's like i love that it's so raw and you're just watching them you're just listening to them play like a live set basically so well said and such a perfect ending to talking about pinkerton because that is what we love about it and this is such a masterpiece for people who don't know weezer at all or who only know the hits you need to listen to pinkerton i think you need to listen to blue also but pinkerton means so much to me as as a piece of music and we will talk about it at the end of this series when we talk about b-sides i'm sure we're not giving anything away by saying this but we already talked about how they have some of the best b-sides come from this album because rivers was so prolific in his songwriting and them and their recording and how much they recorded for this album you need to listen to the b-sides that come along with this as well because yeah, they're like just, pick up deluxe oh Pinkerton. Yeah. there are so they came out in 2010 i can't believe it i can't believe that so, well some of them were on the actual b-sides of the singles that came out so people knew about them. okay a few of them that people had never there heard were before. some that people like people who especially are diehard just 90s weezers fans uh, weezer fans yeah. and not anything after that who've been like since 90 what 96 like 14 years later, they're like, is there new material? Like, I can't yeah. even imagine being someone who's so attached to that and getting this new this new material. Anyway, Pinkerton, incredible, incredible album. And an incredible critical and commercial failure, which breaks our hearts. And, and yet leads, nowadays, right, cult it is status. a cult classic. Yeah. People recognize this as an amazing point in 90s music for other bands who were influenced by it just in general as a piece of art I, I don't i don't know what people were thinking in 96 it's so sad we already we already gushed about that and cried about it earlier on but as josh was about to say it's the perfect segue into the what next album next? we're going to talk about the green album Thanks for listening to Top 5 Disco, part two in our in-depth discussion, dissection, debate, and analysis of Weezer's entire discography. Now that we've discussed the band's second album and heavier follow-up, Pinkerton, tune in next week where we explore their Back to Basics third record, The Green Album. But before that, we want to know your thoughts, your opinions, and your personal Top 5s for Weezer. What are your Top 5 favorite songs on Pinkerton and why? Are you one of the fans who thinks this is by far the best album, even better than Blue? Are you someone who discounts everything they've released after the first two records? Or have you stuck with the band on this roller coaster ride alongside us? Reach out and let us know. You can support us and help Top 5 Disco grow simply by subscribing to this podcast so you can get the new episodes as soon as they come out. And you can find and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Top 5 Disco for behind-the-scenes goodies and an easy way to connect. Also, rating and reviewing Top 5 Disco on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen is always appreciated. And don't forget to tell your music-loving friends and family all about us. Thank you so much again for listening. Tune in next time. And remember, it's really all disco.